0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three Stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito
1: <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, your Phoenix Suns have defeated the Utah Jazz What a hell of a game, Matthew. What do you think
0: of that (laughs) game, man? man? You scared me, but oh man, I feel great. Finally, uh, a game that, you know, really matters. This was a playoff game, the biggest game in Booker's, I think, short career, right? Besides the bubble. (laughs) This was just amazing, dude. I mean, I love overtime games, usually not when the Suns are in them, but tonight was an exception because they actually finish it out. So I'm just pumped right now, dude. Well, and this is a reminder for all of you Suns fans who have never experienced
1: Suns playoff basketball, or it's been 10 years since you felt it, 11 years. This game tonight is what playoff basketball feels like. Every possession, every screen, every shot, you're living and dying with every play. And it was so fun to enjoy that, to experience that, and to come out on top, man. I mean, that's that's it right there. I mean, that was, it is oh, man.
0: Yeah, and also, just the fans in there, you can hear them. It sounded like, you know, the Yankees, baseball's back, there's fans there. If you watch a Yankees game, it sounds like it's a full crowd. Tonight, it sounded like a full crowd at some times. And I was going to ask you, like, if you were to go, when you go back to a game this year or next year, Will you be teary eyed going to those games or like just the first time you're in there with a the crowd roaring or would it be like the first playoff game or something like that? Cause I got chills when I heard the fans like yelling after when Chris Paul was just tearing it up in the third quarter. I, I don't know, man, I got chills. When when you hear the
1: boos, when you hear the MVP chants, when you hear the crowd again, like all of a sudden, yes, you do get a little teary eyed, and it really makes me y- like yearn and long to go back to the arena and play or play to watch because it's been so long since I've been, and yeah. to know that those fans got an opportunity to see this game tonight, to know that they upped the attendance to fifty five. Hundred in attendance, which is great. People are still socially distanced. People are still being safe, but it's you know we're we're coming out of this thing, and Phoenix Suns fans are actually getting to experience moments like this. Is just it was a fantastic evening. Uh, Definitely gut wrenching. I have it's it's what's funny is I clap kind of funny when I watch these games. I don't do one of these. I do a fist pound into my into my open hand. I do this. I was doing those, and I was was doing those. Yes, I get the like the uh, like when DA was being DA tonight, man. I couldn't help myself but just punch my fist. Oh, my, my left yeah. hand is killing me.
0: Yeah, that's what it does it to you. It's a DA moments that he had tonight. I mean, I, I, yeah, are you bruised up? I'm a little bruised up, but yeah, yeah I was like, if I go to a game, I can't be cheering like this. It's just I look really, really dumb. I <laughs> just, no, I mean, more than normal. No, i like, oh no, yeah, I think just-
1: there's a lot of pent up frustration, 10, 11 years yeah. of. You know, shitty Suns basketball, uh, a lot of the national narrative being pushed away from the Suns relative to the to the jazz. I mean, uh, one of our loyal listeners in the chat, uh, Raymond Gonzalez, says, what the fuck? ESPN is giving props to Mitchell and Rudy for stand standout stats. What the fuck?
0: You know, and Are who cares, they, man? Were you watching ESPN or FSN? Because I switched over to FSN in the four. There is no FSN anymore, bro. Oh my my bad, Valley Rally Rally the Bally Valley Valley. Yes. <laughs> so I
1: was watching uh, ESPN pretty much the whole time. I went okay. onto the Phoenix Fans app, which I see you're sporting the Phoenix yes. Fans app. I got hat. my
0: Frank the Tank tank top. Nice, dude. Frank the Tank. Zero minutes tonight. Yeah, got off my guns minutes. like Ryan Rossillo, Ryan Rossillo you ever watch him on the pod? Sometimes he wears the uh, tank tops, really nice and close. To the camera. Don't don't
1: don't flex too hard there, man. Uh, but I got my I got my, my my Phoenix Fans app. Uh, Hat back here. Um, but I, I was asked, I was engaging in the chat beforehand. I was asking everybody, I'm like, Well, we're, where are you watching this? Are we rally the ballet valley tonight? Or is it on <laughs> ESPN? And everybody's saying when you get those national games, you gotta watch on ESPN. And i yeah. kind of disappointed I did. Uh I Dave was Pash too. Dave Pash is a local guy, like, mm-hmm. and he was getting he got the Sun's record wrong. He's like 35 and 15. I'm like, hey fucker, don't you jinx us? And then Mark Jackson just he he says some things because he's trying to be impartial that just sound dumb. Uh, So I paid for it, you know, but you know what? I got an opportunity to kind of see how the national media uh, looks at the Suns. And uh, I should have watched Rally the Ballet Valley, but I didn't tonight.
0: Yeah, you should have. And I it was hard. I'm such an idiot. I actually turned off the app ESPN. I'm like, oh, shit, I got to actually go back and find the it's still FSN network on my TV And I actually went back to ESPN again. So I went there twice to watch the game. And then I finally found my dad, EJ. I'm like, this is where it's at. dude. This is how you finish off a game with Eddie Johnson and Kevin Ray. They, they're remarkable. They're one of the top in the game right now.
1: Well, we'll see if that's who I watch tomorrow night because it is on TNT as we play the Clippers. Yeah, TNT always does such a great job. But uh, we digress. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sun's Jam Session Podcast. I'm John, he's Matthew, and you're a jamster if you are joining us live as we watch this or if you're listening to this tomorrow on the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you are listening to this uh, because you're not only going to get us, but you're going to get Fanning the Flames, which is another fantastic podcast here on the bright side of the sun podcast network uh, if you're watching us live on youtube go ahead and subscribe and smash that thumbs up button give us that like button and you know if you're listening on apple podcasts we like to call out some of our reviews and we did get a new review matthew um, okay. was real uh, nope this is from john coon 303 and he says bdb and bpp so Big dick Book and Big Penis Paul, that's what he's calling out there. He's like, if you know, you know, love the pod, just like talking <laughs> to my weird Uncle Thomas about the sons. In all seriousness, though, keep it up. So thank yeah. you to Conkune303 for giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We truly appreciate that. If you do the same, we'll read it on the pod because why not? I think it's funny, and I love our <laughs> loyal listeners. So uh, without Beautiful. further ado, I know – Are you? please tell me you're cracking a beer open. With you know,
0: mind. I didn't have one prepared. I'm sorry. I should be kicked off this pod right now.
1: I have just kicked Matthew off of the pod for not having a beer with us, Suns fans. I got a Coors Banquet beer because according to Johnny Lawrence, it's badass. So let me pop this bad boy open. Ooh, man, that sounds so good. Hey, welcome back. (laughs) Let's talk about this Suns victory over the Utah Jazz, baby. Phoenix Suns come home for a quick one game homestand and take on the top team in the NBA. The Utah Jazz come in with a record of 38 and 12. The Suns come in 35 and 14. Two men enter, one man leave victorious. The Suns win by four points, 117 to 113 in a Overtime, and yes. as this game began what was your level of anticipation all day coming into this game what was your level of anticipation Matthew
0: well I mean first of all we've we've been through a stretch of games that really haven't mattered. I mean every game matters but the teams we were playing just wasn't exciting this was one to really get up for this is why I mean we've been winning those games because we're second in the league right now with our record we're trying to catch utah jazz which shouldn't matter too much because just getting in the top four is good enough but you know that means a lot to these players having utah come in here and being the best team in the nba it's something to get up for it you actually really felt it this time like this game you really felt it just because of what the Suns have been playing these other teams it's not as special but this one's special just like tomorrow night's game and they came out and honestly you got to see all three of our stars including deandre Ayton tonight Really take it up a level. I mean, yes Booker sir. for sure came out a little crickety. He was a little nervous, it looked like, in the first quarter. But then second second quarter, Book took over. The rest was history, really. I mean, he was unstoppable. The rest of the team, though, great supporting cast we had tonight again. So I don't know, man. I Going into this game, I just couldn't wait to get home and just turn on the TV and relax and watch it. But I wasn't even sitting down the whole time, dude. I was standing in front of my TV more than half the game.
1: My feet hurt from pacing, like pacing around oh, my living yeah. room, getting yep. up, getting down, you know, like I said, punching my fist to clap like it was just one of those <laughs> games. And, oh, you know, Jesus. it's 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 fantastic to get that feeling. It's yeah. that feeling we haven't felt in Suns fans in so long where you're busy. It's, it's a Wednesday today. You're working. And every now and then, like a little, you're reminded, you're like, tonight at 7, I'm watching the Suns versus the fucking Jazz. Like, hell yeah. And like, you instantly oh. get a smile on your face and people around you are like, Hey, man, why are you smiling like an idiot in the corner over there at your cubicle? And you're just like, and you're like, (laughs) and they're like, and and put your mask on, man. I can see you smiling like an idiot. No, no. Uh, And you're just like, it's because the Suns are playing tonight and they're playing the Jazz and there's hype behind this game. And although it doesn't get the national attention it probably should, it's not the Lakers, it's not the Clippers, it's not Mm -hmm. even the Golden State Warriors. I mean, It's still a quality game against a quality opponent. And as we've said, coming into this game over the past few weeks, this is the one that we've circled on the calendar that we've been counting down to. And it seems like the Suns did too, because you got to think, this is the first of a back-to-back. The next game you're playing is against the Los Angeles Clippers on the road. And the Suns put all the chips in the middle of the table. They go, you know what? We're going to go for everything tonight. It'll be interesting. And we'll talk at the back end of the podcast what our expectations are for the Clippers game tomorrow Mm tomorrow. But I was unbelievably excited for this game, and it's something I haven't felt in a long time. And then, as you mentioned, the game begins, and Devin Booker just has a rough start one for six in the first quarter, four points, five turnovers, one offensive foul, and he played all 12 minutes. Do you think that yes. this was the worst quarter of his career?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, it was. And it, it was no, it wasn't. Right? No, it wasn't. It, well, it was in the <laughs> fact that he. Before the last pod, I said, don't get caught up in the Donovan Mitchell versus Evan Booker thing. He kind of did in the first quarter. It ended up being Booker versus Mitchell in the end with a little bit of Chris Paul sprinkled in there. But I just didn't want Booker to get so caught up. I mean, he shot the three, two threes. Didn't attempt another one. I think the game winner was uh, his foot was on the line, so I don't think that even counted. But he shot the two threes, missed them. He's like, "What am I doing? Get to the rim, get to your mid range." That's what he ended up like. That's how he got the Suns back in the game. I mean, they start out. I mean, they started out great though this game, besides Booker. But in the second quarter, they really needed him to come back and just you know do what he does. He was working on the block in the paint, you know, backing guys down, finding the open man. That is the Devin Booker we want. Don't get caught up in that three point game because you know he's not a three point shooter anymore. He's more than that. He's more of the team player, more the guy that will set guys up and just get to the rim. And he, he exploded, dude. He really did. And I think what really helped to this team, the, the most interesting part was Mikel Bridges, of course, his fouls, you know, he got four fouls early and then cam Johnson came in and helped out the Suns a ton. Like he, he had to play huge minutes tonight and he did. It wasn't always pretty, but he put himself out there. Maybe he should have dove on the floor for a ball, but, you know, he was playing pretty smart today. I really, I was really impressed with him. So if it wasn't for him, I think this game might have gotten out of hand.
1: Well, I'll go back to Booker real quick before I, I give some kudos yeah. to, to Cam Johnson. You said, you know, he's not a three-point shooter anymore. Devin Booker's never been a three-point shooter. He's a career 35% three-point shooter. Went 0 for 6 in this game. Uh, but you're right. It was almost like opposites day. Because normally, Devin Booker comes out. He'll put up like 16 points in the first mm-hmm. quarter. He's one of the top three or four players in the NBA in first quarter scoring and he had four points and then came back and had what 10 or 12 points in the let's see he had a total of 16 points at halftime so he had 12 points in the second quarter and i was like okay this is strange but you could see his nerves he he f- personified what suns fans were feeling tonight they came out the first couple possessions i mean we went up 13 2 and it was all on the back of cp three and yes. we're like okay and you know booker a couple bad turnovers Couple missed shots and, and we're like, okay, you know, he's nervous. He's kind of he's working himself through it. And then he came back, he came out in the second quarter, we're like, ah, oh, Booker, there he is. There's my Devin Booker. He's starting to play a lot better. Mm-hmm. But it was very interesting because I almost felt, and this is what's I guess frustrating to me. One thing I constantly talk about on the podcast, well, two things I constantly talk about. I always point out Booker's efficiency as a score and Donovan Mitchell's lack of efficiency. And tonight I almost feel like Devin Booker did his best Donovan Mitchell impression. He went 13 mm-hmm. for 31 from the field. As I mentioned, 0 for 6 from deep, 9 for 10 from uh, the free throw line, and had 35 total points. So 31 shots to generate 35 total points, Matthew.
0: Yeah, Um it would be if he was shooting more of the three. Okay. So he did actually, what are you, 0 for six for three? Oh, for six. 0 for six. So, yes. Those two are the only ones I noticed for some reason. <laughs> but, you know, he was doing a lot of, yeah, I guess he was doing a Donovan Mitchell impression, kind of. But a lot of, even like the game winner, that should have been the game winner before overtime, where he had the floater over Gobert, that was in and out. A lot of his yeah. stuff was just not falling. Easy shots. I mean, they're not always going to fall. It's never going to be that way because it, it's so difficult to be so consistent, even more efficient than he is. He's going to have these kind of games, but I like how he stuck with it, man. He he had the five turnovers too in the first quarter. I don't know if you just mentioned that or not, but five turnovers, you know, he was just not playing his game. He was, he was getting to spots on the floor, but he was picking up the ball and he was, trying to find guys that weren't there and forcing a pass so that was very different usually he likes to keep the ball alive that was like the old book where he would just like pick up the ball and just throw it away but he he changed his game going into second quarter he's better than that now i really just think it was nerves and his shooting percentage i'm not too worried because he had a lot of good looks right i mean yes the team team overall yeah they just they had great looks all night and i mean utah jazz did too they missed a lot of open threes down towards the end of the game, which it included Mitchell making that one to tie the game, it's kind of like they earned it in a way because they were missing so many good looks. And I, I, I didn't mean to say they earned it, but I mean it, it was going to go in just because. Well, of I get what you're saying. I mean, it's before.
1: it's like law of averages. You know, a team that shoots like they do, they're the top three-pointing three-point shooting team in the NBA. When they finish the first half shooting three for twenty-one, it's you're like. Okay, good perimeter defense. I'll chalk a little bit of up of it up to that, but you know that it's going to catch up. And they ended the night a total of 11 for 44. So, I mean, they shot, what, 23? They went 7 for 23 for the remainder of the game, which, again, yeah. just isn't isn't normal. And, I again, I will accredit the Suns and our ability to rotate and our ability to at least put a hand in the face and make some of those shots a little bit harder than other teams probably do uh, to the Phoenix Suns. But both teams, you, you could feel the weight of this game on both teams because there were a lot of wide open shots. I mean, the Suns ended the first quarter with 20 points. When's the last time yeah. the Suns put on, only 20 points in the first quarter? Man, it's like it's almost like four seasons ago when they had what like two or three consecutive games where they had mm-hmm. let like 10 mm-hmm. points in the first quarter, and then I think Earl Watson got fired.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, you're right. That is the last time. I'm actually thinking that when they started off the first so good, they were up 13 to two. Man, like. They they were up 13 to 2, and then there was a timeout call. And then the Jazz started getting a little bit hot from three. Then they started coming back. Then the Jazz started playing better defense on the Suns. But the Suns, I think, maintained a really good level of defense until the fourth, maybe when they got a little tired. Mm-hmm. But the first quarter, it just for some reason, even though they started out hot, you know, it, it's something to get exciting excited about. But you know, it's just like it's a full 48, and I hate to sound cheesy. But you know this game's going to be close in the end. It just it has to be because of the defenses on both sides. And that's the way it was, working its way towards the end. I mean, I think the Jazz started out so terribly from three, but they picked it up later in the fourth, of course. I mean, that's every team that plays the Suns. In the fourth quarter, they're just red hot for some reason from three. Um, but, yeah, the first quarter was just something where I was like, Book just needs a reset. That was the most I was worried about. Just he needs a reset. But how confident like, were you? in book just getting back to the basics i i was i knew he would lead this team and help this team even though his his percentage wasn't as great but he he definitely helped out even though the first kind of sucked
1: he definitely helped out and he played well obviously he ended with 35 points but he was 0 for 3 in game put awayers if you will he had the one shot where he went down the middle had the nice floater and it just went out that would have put the game away that was sealed that was a
0: good shot though
1: it was a great shot it was Mm -hmm. a fantastic shot and then he had the end of regulation shot which i hate that play i hate with 11 seconds left they're running the iso ball letting booker take you know like a 28 footer that's not the most efficient or best shot mm-hmm. take it to the rim and dish to somebody let cam johnson or somebody shoot the ball if you have to or put the ball in cp3's hands yeah. uh, and and then he had the opportunity to hit that free throw at the end of overtime that would have sealed it he didn't it it dragged on a little bit ultimately the suns win by 4 but it's you know that's just devin booker again you know i think that you know, Again, Devin Booker, this has to be, and I, I tweeted this out from the Suns Jam Session Twitter account, this has to be his most pressure-filled, hyped game entering in entering a game in, for him in his career. He's never been in a playoff game. The mm-hmm. bubble games were one thing to Suns fans, but they weren't everything to all the teams that were resting up, preparing themselves for the actual playoff run that lied ahead of them in Orlando. So this is the first one where it's like number one team in the league, National uh, spotlight on us, and we're the number two team in the league. It's not like it's like the number one team coming to town, and we're the eighth or ninth seed or the 11th seed like two years ago, and you're trying to knock them off and upset them. This is a, you know, draw the line in the sand, potential uh, playoff series, uh, hopefully, you know, Western Conference finals. I don't know. This is the best team in the NBA. So, this is just one of those things where he is going to have to learn how to navigate his emotional response to that because it is something where you have to be in that situation to feel those feelings, to know how to truly manage them. Conversely, yes. you have Chris Paul and Chris Paul was like,
0: man, dude, tonight, dude, he was, it just really quick. It's so fun. Cause Booker is not clutched by Ken Kaplan. It's, it's the next tier he's going to go through. You know, like I'm not saying he's LeBron James, but LeBron, how many times, how many years did he face? He's not clutch. And plus, Book did miss that free throw. And, you know, he missed the game winning shot. But there's so many shots he's going to take for us to where, remember last, a couple pods ago, we were talking about Mikel Bridges and DeAndre and, you know, give them, run a play for them, you yes. know, do something else. But then it's just like, no, like we have Booker and we have Chris Paul. Those are the two guys you want with the ball. So of I just course. think it's the next tier. So yeah. I
1: like what Benjamin Schindel says in response to He says, Book is neither clutch nor not clutch. And that's a, you know, but he says he's fairly average star player in the clutch. I mean, you always see the buzzer beaters, but you never see the ones where they miss a ton. And Booker has missed a ton. And he's, but again, he was do. put in those situations that tonight, and he mm-hmm. can grow upon that. And that's what makes me po- it makes it positive. Win or lose, he had yeah. the opportunity to take those shots in big games, and now he knows how to. Feel. And the great thing about him, he's not Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is a guy who who really wears his uh, emotions on his sleeve, he good, does. bad, or indifferent. I love the Booker, just like okay, I missed that. You know, like never too high, never too
0: low. I'm telling you, Papa Ricky Ricky Rubio, the culture lives on. Praise Papa Ricky. (laughs) It's true. That's a new book. We talked about it last pod, like how his posture, everything's just different about a book. He almost got a technical, I feel like going uh, into overtime whenever, like he was about to throw the ball down, but he holds it in now. And I think he's being more professional on the floor because when these situations, you don't even notice Chris Paul, even throwing a fit or anything. He's still just working with the offense, trying to get things down on defense and just having things kind of flow smoothly for his teammates. But yeah, you brought up Chris Paul, dude, he, Every shot he takes, and he was fighting eight into nine, some nice alley oops, a couple of them. Mm -hmm. Every shot he takes, so you know it's you think it's just going to go in. I think we hear that all the time on the broadcast, but it's so true. It's so nice to have Booker and Chris Paul when they're going to shoot the ball, and they they make they give themselves some space always. And it's just it's something that you just have to love because they're not jacking up threes. They're getting to the mid range, and that's just—I love efficient it.
1: Efficient shots, man. I mean, they are. This, this is a preview of playoff basketball, Suns fans, and how we're going to operate. It's going to be Chris Paul. It's going to be Devin Booker. It's going to be, and we're almost there. I almost want to say Aiton's name, but we're not quite there yet. But I mean, the way that Chris Paul played tonight—again, he shot a total of twenty-four shots in this game. That is not typical Chris Paul uh, behavior. As a member of the Phoenix Suns, he hit 12 of them. But you look at how he's played thus far this season. The most field goal attempts he's had in a game prior to this was 21. And that was against Oklahoma City in a loss back in January. So 24 shots is not something that we have seen from Chris Paul as of yet. He scored a total Mm -hmm. uh, of 29 points. And you look at that and that's his what, you know, he scored 29 a couple times. He's had a 34 point game and a 32 point game. So it was definitely take what the defense has given you. They're giving you the high screen rolls and the elbow jumpers. And he was going to have that elbow jumper all day. And he murdered them with it. If I was a Utah jazz fan, I'd be like fucking cover him in the, <laughs> in the mid range and, and make him throw it to eight. you know, it, yeah. if, if jazz fans knew how Suns fans felt about eight they would have been like, dude, feed him all day. Cause I hear he's got butter fingers, you know, but they let him yeah. take the mid range and he murdered him with it. And then on top of that, he had massive three pointers. Uh, he ended three for seven from, uh, downtown but i mean i felt like every one of those was huge a total 29 points nine assists for the point guard uh just a fantastic game for him when he was going you felt confident when he was shooting if it felt confident again i really wish they would have tried to run that last 11 seconds of regulation through cp3 rather than having just book go for the dagger uh but again you know just experiment experimentation uh, growth opportunity for Booker, and just seeing what you got, knowing that when those moments arrive in the playoffs, now he's felt that before.
0: Yeah, I mean, that shot that Book took, that's like the rest of the league, right? The rest of the league shoots those same shots. Any game you watch going into overtime, or that's about to, that is the last-second shot every team takes and every star takes. And for some reason, Booker got to the rim, not at ease, but he got to the rim when he wanted to. He just started too late in the shot clock, but he can get better looks than that. You know what I mean? We just we know he can. If if he got frustrated watching that, it's OK, because we know Book can do better than that, even though the whole wrestling 100 percent of them are going to take that stupid shot <laughs> with his toe on the line. You know, it's just that's mm-hmm. what they do. It's a better looking shot for the highlights. So that's maybe what they do. That's why they do that. That's what I'm thinking.
1: Well, yeah, that's the viral moment that everyone will play over and over again, just like when Devin Booker hit the game winner in Dallas over the Dallas Mavericks. It's the viral moment. So I get it. I'm Again, I don't fault Devin Booker for doing that. But I, I think it's time we talk about a guy who just showed the fuck up tonight. Watch
0: 2021 put those guns away pits. man
1: put those guns away <laughs> shave those pits and put those guns away yeah All deandre eight tonight okay mm-hmm. he's a guy who uh in the past last game really didn't have a solid game we talked about an eight and watch didn't care don't worry about it it was a, it was good enough um you look at this game he had eight points and three rebounds in the first half and he ended with 18 and 12 uh what did you see from deandre Ayton tonight how well, hyped going through,
0: are you? Oh, man. It was, like you said, like hitting those fists, dude. I'm going to have to wear gloves glove next time because I was doing that when I was watching DA. He's the only guy in on this team that really can get me going, like almost ready to punch the TV either out, of, out of frustration or just out of hype because when this guy gets up and he put, has a putback dunk, it's amazing. The alley-oops he was getting today, he was putting himself in good position and he was ready for him. I mean, there was a pass where Booker threw it up to him later in the game and it was a bad pass by Book because Book should have just shot. Him. He was wide open and D.A. wasn't paying attention. But that doesn't happen as much anymore. You notice Aiden is really paying attention to what he's supposed to be doing on the court. Um, but he's just, he played Golbert really well tonight. He really did. I think that that rebound he had late in the game where he fought Gobert out of like he just he out positioned him. He got to the ball. He was able to outleap him, which isn't very hard, but just his size and his length, Gobert, that he has, it's hard to out that, and he did. He made a difference tonight by just really, really trying, you know, and that's what you love to see, and I think that it, it comes a time where we used to talk about, you know, the difference between the Suns winning a championship, going to the championship, whatever. What is that difference? It, it is this Aiden because he helps out so much, especially with Mikel Bridges not in. I think him and Bridges do a really good job together, you know, playing, playing the good cast next to um, Chris Paul and Devin Booker. But Aiden just needs to insert himself as that third star guy. And he, he did tonight. I mean, the stats were great. That's the 1811 that you want from DA. And it's just, but it's just not that it's just the effort, dude. And it's, I just love seeing it and I I mean what did you think? It had to be awesome for you, right?
1: Oh man, I mean you know me, I'm a I'm a big Aiden guy. I'm an Aiden apologist at times, but I like to think I'm an Aiden realist, you know? It's he's a guy who continues to learn. He's 22 years old. He has so much potential. We don't see it all the time, so obviously that's why he becomes a talking point. Uh, as Ken Kaplan says in the YouTube chat, effort. And Monty yeah. says in the YouTube chat, BDDA tonight. Yes, big yeah. dick yeah. DA tonight. He, said he that. was a man, dude. Yeah, but did you say Big Dick DA?
0: No, I, I thought you meant like Monty Williams said that. No, no. <laughs> what do you... Uh, no, okay. Monty in the guys, chat, man. Monty Shout out to the, the, the Jam sisters who are
1: joining us live. If you're joining us live, make sure you subscribe, <laughs> yeah, rate, review, you. do all that fun Cheers. stuff. Cheers. Matthew's drinking water. I'm having one of these nice... uh Coors Banquet beers. I'm about to pop open my second one. But he was fantastic (sighs) night. Oh, and you can hit that little cash thing in the chat and if you want to donate. Matthew needs the rest of his sleeves. I need some money for a beer. Yeah, (laughs) because he can only afford water. But again, the the, the, the fact that he played the way that he did, uh, as aggressive as he did, again, shows how he was up for this game. It almost felt like the Houston game, he was disengaged. Christian Wood, he can own at will and he did whatever he wanted necess- yeah. you know, pretty much next to him. Um, but then you have Rudy Gobert, who's the second-best rebounder in the league. And, and kudos to the Suns in the way that they rebounded tonight because you knew that was going to be a challenge with the size that the Jazz bring. It's one of those questions and one of those things that all Suns fans are going to be watching for the remainder of the season – because ever since the Denver Nuggets got Aaron Gordon and the Lakers got Andre Drummond and the Utah Jazz, like the Suns didn't do anything, but be, they already had size is we're constantly worried about size and how are we going to rebound and how are we going to position ourselves? The Suns out rebounded the Utah Jazz 61 to 45 tonight, and it was team rebounding. But And although DeAndre Ayton ended with 12 rebounds, a lot of those team reboundings opportunities started by DeAndre Ayton playing volleyball, just jumping up there and just batting it away from Gilbert's He's like, I'm not going to grab this board, but he's not <laughs> going to grab this board. Now, granted R- Rudy Gobert ended with 16 points and 18 rebounds. That yeah. just so goes to show you, I mean, he's the number two rebounder in the league. So you kind of try to negate him as much as you can. I don't, I don't think that 18 rebounds is negating him, but the way that DeAndre Ayton played tonight, aggressive, smart, uh, wanting the ball at times, uh, just his versatility really showed you that he has so much potential. And then again, you were right as you started this, the eight and watch segment, you said he's going to, you know, kind of be the reason why or why not we win a championship. He needs to be that third guy. He's starting to grow a little bit more into that role. So uh, kudos to DeAndre eight brother.
0: Yeah. And 17 minutes straight. He played the end the game.
1: It's, Fantasy. That's he never came I like out.
0: And he didn't show like there's a few times you can see like of course he's tired but he didn't show it on the court like he didn't show it to the opponent didn't show it to the coaches like oh I'm tired like get me out of here he was focused on his play dude he has some of his best plays later in the game when he was super super tired yes and yeah and one of my one of my favorite plays was Aiden is so good on defense to where. It is Bogdanovich, but when Bogdanovich was driving on him, he just makes him go right because he knows he can block his shot with his right arm, so he leads it into it. He does that so much. I know it's just Bogdanovich, but Bogdanovich was killing us tonight. Yeah, So to see that, it was nice that he got the block. Yeah, but it seemed like he was going to make every big shot tonight. Luckily, a lot of those threes that he shot, of course, late in the game did not go down, but I honestly thought that he was going to be the killer for the Suns. I was just praying those weren't going in. They were good looks. But yeah, that block that Aiden had on him was just sweet, dude. I, lo- I love to see that. Yeah,
1: three total blocks for DeAndre Aiden this evening. And Bogdanovich, anyone with the last name Bogdanovich, whether it's Bogdan Bogdanovich or Bohan Bogdanovich, they always seem to kill the Suns. But like you said, yes. he went one for eight from the three-point line and it with 20 points, which was the second highest score for the Utah Jazz. But again, kudos to DA for that defensive effort because uh, they needed it tonight because... You know, Mikhail Jail was not in session tonight, man. Mikhail no. ended with zero points, played 20 minutes because he was in foul trouble the whole time. And I'm not going to lie, man. Donovan Mitchell was
0: crossing him up left and right. He was. I said this to myself, sitting on the couch. I'm like, he is whooping his ass. Like he, you know, it's, it's sad to say, but it's true. And I've always, I'm not a big Donovan Mitchell fan, but you have to give him some respect. The guy knows how to fucking play and he's really clutch. I think he is. I know he has a lot of games where he shoots a ton of balls, but who cares? I mean, this guy comes up big a lot for Utah Jazz. That's why they are where they're at right now. And he seriously, Mikael Bridges had the hardest time like just finding him and staying in front of him. But I don't think the, the DA and the defense, the rest of the Suns team, knew that he needed help on him. Do you think he did? Because a lot of the plays, like Mikael would be right in front of him, he'd go right around Mikael. So I don't know if anybody was really helping him out or even thought to even help him out. Because this is a guy, Donovan Mitchell, where I know he's not, I don't want to say he's a superstar, but he's a hell of a player, and I think he needs more attention. But he's just going to get his 41 in big games. You know, he went 0 for 8 last game. That's why coming into this, I'm like, that sucks because you know he's going to go off in this game where he was just making big shots and getting to the rim when he wanted to.
1: Well, and I think that's the trust that the Suns have in Mikhail Bridges. They're like, listen, we're putting you on an island with the top score, a two time all-star over there. You're on an island. Yeah. We're not gonna throw double teams, we're not gonna throw help, we're gonna stay home on these shooters and create tough shot situations for them. And that's ultimately what the Phoenix Suns did tonight. And Mikhail got burned for it. And, you know, now don't get me wrong, some of those fouls, as per usual, were pretty ticky tacky. They were pretty soft. Yeah. I mean, I saw Devin Booker get mobbed like twice on one play. There was no call, but you know, Don. Mitchell does one of those head jam things and all of a sudden it's a foul. And Mikhail Bridges was in it was in foul trouble. But you know, ultimately, uh, just wasn't his night. But again, that, that goes to show you the depth of this team, man. Like, this is a team that Devin Booker did not have his best game. He had 35 points because of volume, not because yeah. of efficiency tonight, and we won. Mikhail Bridges scored zero points and barely played at 20 minutes, and and we won. Jay Crowder had six points on two for nine shooting, all of them from three. Now, yes. granted, he had twelve rebounds. He was a lot of he gained a lot of the he was the recipient, if you will, of a lot of those volleyball team rebounding situations. But if you look at our starters, you had thirty five for Booker, twenty nine from Chris Paul, eighteen from Da, and our other two starters, Bridges and Crowder,
0: combined for six points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's amazing. I love Crowder. See, it's so close to being one of those games where you just come out here and you go go on the pod and you talk about Crowder just being that annoying guy shooting the three, but he makes a huge three. That's why it's not annoying because he is so confident still. Even if he goes one for seven, he's still going to shoot the three. And he's he's literally the guy that got us started from three-point land in the first quarter and then ended the game for us to give us a really nice lead when we needed it. And I just... He is, like we talk about the no, 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 yes guy. He is ultimately that, but I always trust him more than not. Even though if he does miss a big shot or airball it or break it off the front of the rim, I'm just like, you know, little curses under my breath towards him. <laughs> that that might happen, but ultimately, dude, he is just so solid this year to where I haven't had that game yet. Even if he does go 0 for 8, it's just like he does help us in other ways with the 12 rebounds. Much needed, dude. Much needed with Mikael Bridges out.
1: As Mega Khalid says in the chat, extreme confidence. I mean, we gotta come up with a nickname for Crowder because he's got like Mondo huge balls, this guy. He like he doesn't care. He will always shoot and he's got a mm-hmm. hairpin trigger. It's like the ball comes home, he's shooting it. So I'm Should've cracking up
0: Jamsters think of <sighs> something.
1: There you go. Another one? I'm cracking yeah. open my second beer, man.
0: What a man, what a man, what a mighty good man.
1: <laughs> so, uh, you know, a lot of people are mentioning the crowd in, uh, in the chat, and you mentioned it a little bit earlier. I do want to talk about Cameron Johnson. Uh, he did a great job tonight, 11 points off the bench, three for five from three. He was the guy who should have taken all of Crowder's shots for him because uh, his his shot was looking smooth. He also had eight rebounds. So, again, I mean, you look down the list. I mean, Dario Saric, uh, eight rebounds. Cam Johnson, eight rebounds. 12 for eight and Crowder, uh Torrey Craig had five coming off the bench. I mean, it was truly a team rebounding night tonight. But Crowder did a Crowder and Booker combined did a pretty good job on Mitchell, relatively. I mean, he scored 41 points, but I really like what I saw from Crowder tonight. You mentioned it a little bit at the top of the pod. Give me a little bit more on
0: that. Uh, With him just, well, okay. So, Crowder, if we want to talk about Crowder, I think you have to talk about. I'm I'm sorry, uh, Cam Johnson. Yeah, I was like, you know what? <laughs> I was like, did I just talk about Jay Crowder? Yeah, okay. So, Cam, yeah, Cam Johnson brought him up earlier. Uh, he was definitely the reason. And, you know, it might not to be too early to tell you who my jam star of the second quarter was. It was Cam Johnson. You know, I was tracking it actually by quarter because first quarter was Chris Paul. Then Cam Johnson was the second quarter jam star. And then the second half, I was just on my feet watching the game. So I didn't track it after that. But I Cam tracking. Johnson. <laughs> yeah. So after two quarters, it was too much. But Cam Johnson, dude, I just he's not there yet. You know, of course he's not. He's still a young guy. But his his just throwing himself out there, even if he's gonna mess up. And I said it earlier, is the best thing about him because he doesn't care. Like he'll he went to the rim today against Colbert or tonight. And he wanted a dunk on his ass, but he got fouled. And that's exactly what you want to see from this guy. Get to the rim, go up against anybody down there. You know, you're going to get blocked by Gobert, but who cares? You're going to get the foul. And that's what happens. So he throws himself in these situations that are really uncomfortable. And a lot of players will be very hesitant on those things, like on the court. You know, if I'm not comfortable, I don't want to make a fool of myself on ESPN. It doesn't matter to Cam Johnson. He's still learning. He knows he is, but he hit some big threes tonight. Three for five, which is great. He had a nice block on on a fast break. You know, just things that you want to see from a guy who is going to come in and ba- back up one of our favorite players, Mikael Bridges, and put in the extra effort for every minute he's on the court. You know, 36 minutes. I think I predicted that Mikael Bridges would get like 36 minutes tonight, but it was Cam Johnson. And yeah. He came through every minute.
1: Well, he had to make up those minutes for Mikael Bridges, and he did so in a serviceable fashion. It's a good growing game for him as well. So, kudos to Cameron Johnson on the way that he played tonight. Uh, shout out real quick to Perplex yes. Damage. Uh Throwing a little donation in the chat, we appreciate it. We're going to get Matthew those sleeves, I promise. And I love his analogy. It says D, uh, CP3 and Devin Booker are Murtaugh and Riggs, and Da's Joe Pesci and Lethal <laughs> Weapon Two. It's fantastic. That's just, like I could probably write a whole piece on Bright Side of the Sun about yeah. that exact. Uh,
0: if I finished uh, one of the whole movies, I would know what they're talking about.
1: Oh, the only man, one the I great. saw
0: was in "It's Always Sunny." It's Always Sunny. That's the, the, the Lethal, lethal weapon, weapon I really saw. <laughs>
1: uh, it's funny. Well, Griggs. Uh, well, it's time for one of our newest segment segments and one of our favorite segments and it's actually brought to you by our friends at Cartizment I love that that somebody tweeted out the other day they saw Cartizment is somebody that we work with and they make decals that you can put on the back of cars and somebody saw a van driving around Chandler with the Cartizment for the Sun's jam session podcast you want to tell us a little bit yeah. about that Matthew
0: yeah it's just some van I, I i met this lady i was like hey you know you want to make a couple bucks and i gave her a sticker you know to promote us she's always on the run she's always driving around you know our crazy town so i gave her the sticker dude and so far it's paid off one person saw it she said <laughs> she gets honked out a lot because of the sticker i'm like it eh, might not be because of that maybe because you're driving too slow but god bless her thank you so much so the first shout out and yeah thank you car pick a lane lady
1: The Sarge Smoke Break. All right, Dario Sarge. It's the Sarge Smoke Break time because he clearly looks like a guy who would hang out outside of a Circle K smoking camel reds. Is that thing? Marble red. It's been <laughs> yeah. a while since I've smoked yeah. cigarettes. It's been a yeah, long time. Uh, Dario Sarge only played 11 minutes in this game, but very impactful minutes. They were pretty much Monty Williams was trying to deploy him in the minutes in which uh, Rudy Gobert was not playing. And, you know, try to go up against Derek Favors, tr- tried to match a minute for a minute. Didn't ultimately do that. Derek Favors had a total of 16 uh, minutes, but eight boards in 11 minutes and six points. What were your thoughts on Dario?
0: I feel like he played, like, more minutes, right? And it was kind of, like, insecure minutes from Monty, like, not knowing what to do. I mean, he wanted to match up DA with Goldberg, But then it didn't happen, and it did happen. Sometimes Sarge was in there with Goldberg, But, I mean, I wanted to see more of Sarge against Goldberg. I don't know why. I think, like, he had the one time down there on the block underneath the rim where he, like, shoved him out of the way but missed the layup. You know, that's what yeah. Sarge does. He misses those layups that are almost gimmies. That was a gimme. And hit the back of the rim and came out. But Sarge... 11 minutes and 8 rebounds still. If they said on the broadcast, 8 rebounds, like, what the hell? That just shows you, like, the team rebounding is really killing this team, and uh, I just, I don't know, I loved him, and I thought he could have played some more minutes. Do you? I mean, did you?
1: It depended. I mean, he was really going to get owned by Rudy Gobert, and yeah, you saw that for that for that brief moment in which he was in the game with Gobert. He committed a ticky-tack, stupid foul on him that led to an and-one for a 62% free-throw shooter in Gobert, and that's why they were just trying to keep ma- match the minutes, if you will, because he played great against Derek Favors. Derek Favors is a guy who the Suns have had uh, a hard time with in the past, and I always forget he's on this team until we play him, and he comes off the bench yeah. and like, shit. He's guy who can block shots, out-rebounds you, it just kind of keeps the, you at bay. And Dario starts with his big cigarette butt, throwing it around the, the lane, moving him off of his spot, <laughs> taking his butt, just riding his hamstrings. Get out of here. He grabs those rebounds, yeah. ended up with eight. And, you know, it's just a very, very solid game Uh for Dario Sarch. And again, you know, yes. it answers some questions <laughs> for you again. You know, what are the Suns going to do come playoff time? Dario Sarch will get minutes. He's not going to get 25, 26 minutes coming off the bench, but if he can give you 11 quality minutes, that's what you need from him. And real quick shout out for uh, Johnny go in the chat. He's here for this. He's the one who actually came up with the name of the yes. Sun's smoke break. So make sure you DM DM us on Twitter because the Phoenix fans app has actually given us, a super Dario shirt to send to you. Johnny go for coming up with that name. We yeah, appreciate it. Very much, man. So
0: wait, is that real from Alex Kroll? Alex 25, Kroll, 99.
1: 25 bucks. You guys are goaded. Love your pod. Thanks, Alex. We appreciate yeah, that. Matt, we, we're going to give Matthew take, both. It looks sleeves. Like, yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> Yeah, never, I thought he like took that money from us because it's been red. I'm like, are we back. minus twenty five bucks now? That's <laughs> yeah. awesome, man. The Jamsters, Thank you very much, man. You guys
1: are absolutely yeah. fantastic. We really appreciate it.
0: Jam Star of the Game.
1: This is your mid podcast reminder to go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. Follow us at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and the Phoenix Fans app. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth You can follow Matthew on Twitter at Matthew Ulysses. And make sure you hit that thumbs up below. If somebody said there's a thumbs down. That probably means that there's a jazz fan in here. That's okay. It happens from time to time. Uh, if you're watching along live, also make sure you tell us who your jam star of the game is. Matthew, this is kind of a tough one. This is really interesting. Like, do you go D book? Do you give it to CP three? Is this an eight and jam star of the game? Or do you come up with like, you know, Monty's adjustments or something? What, what, what are you giving the jam star to? I
0: don't know. You know, EJ again, helped me out on this one. He tweeted, I think it was before the game today. He said, could Devin Booker, this is not exactly what he said, but pretty much Booker and CP three. Could they be co MVPs this year? Just a thought. Um, You know what? Did tonight did see that
1: tweet confirmed.
0: You did. Okay. Yes. Tonight, Yes, they're co-jam stars of the game for me. Uh, You have to sprinkle DA in there. It sucks. I can't give it to all three guys, but I'm going to give it to to Devin Booker and Chris Paul because it just shows us tonight. I know we've been playing these close games against the the really crappy teams lately, and maybe it was a build-up to this, to where we knew Chris Paul and Devin Booker don't even think about anybody else anymore because that was a dumb idea by me before. One of my very, very... Uh, a lot of my dumb ideas, but Booker and Chris Paul just got the job done. They were so automatic. I know the efficiency wasn't really there from Booker, but still a lot of good looks and they, they carried us to the game. And then also you got to think Cam Johnson. I just, I really think his impact tonight was the difference. I know Chris Paul and book made big shots. DA did too as well, put backs, but Cam Johnson, his hustle making up on defense for the best he could for Mikkel Bridges, that was a huge night. So I have to give it to all four of them.
1: It's After wow. I mean, want you to say the whole goddamn team, you know?
0: Dario Saric, yeah. <laughs> <Eight rebounds. laughs>
1: There's a lot of great answers in the chat. Shout out to the Jamsters for all the great ones that they're coming up with outside of uh, CP3. Uh, we even got a Nader, you know, right there. So somebody oh, yeah. says Nader. Um, God, it's it's really tough. Um, CP3 is the obvious answer. I just think that whenever he had the ball in his hands. Uh, you knew the Suns were in control. When he took the shots, you knew that they were going to go in. He hit the big ones for us. So I was really excited to see that. Uh, you know, there's a shout out in here relative to the. Uh, I want to pull it up real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tory Craig and what the other guys did, what was expected. Yes. You know, Tory Craig had a really good game in this one. He had some he big did. threes, man, and some huge rebounds as well. Um, so it's just across the board. I just, it, it's really hard for me. I got to agree with you. I think it's a co MVP kind of night for Devin Booker and CP three. I mean, they combined for a total of 55 shots. We haven't seen that from a Phoenix suns team yet this year. We've not seen this brand of basketball. They took 55 of the 101 shots for the Phoenix suns tonight. That's what it took to win. You know I mean? That's. And it's great to see. It's good to know that we can do this and it's just, it's, uh, Kyrie Irving's in the chat and he says the sons are frauds. Laugh my ass off. So thank you Kyrie That's Irving for joining us. This is awesome. Thanks, he says man. he, I appreciate it. He says he owns our team. Give us some money. <laughs> Lace Bacon gives five bucks oh, in playoffs, baby. Yeah. Like, hell yeah. Like, no, we, man, got I feel it like lost. a stripper. I
0: feel like I'm at Paul Pierce's <laughs> house right now throwing <laughs> chips at me. I all this money, <laughs> you know, Uh-oh. I was going to ask you really quick before we go away from this. So you chose Chris Paul, right? Chris so- Paul and and Devin Booker I'm with you okay. I'm with co
1: MVPs okay. because that's what Eddie said I saw that tweet before yeah. the game and it was spot on it's like these guys combined carried this team tonight uh I love DA and it's it's I'm so close to giving it to DA but you know what the the feeling that we are all feeling right now that is the jam star of the game hmm. success hmm. as an Arizona sports fan period you don't feel very good and get granted this is a regular season game and I know that but man it's been so long since we've had an opportunity to Feel excitement going into a game and to come out of it the other side and be like, man, we won like, holy shit, like we won. And to have a podcast to do this and hang out with all these people. I mean, it's just like, holy shit, man, like way to go. Way to go, sons. What a win tonight. I just I'm so I'm so excited. Thanks to Jay Nunya as well, man. You know, yeah, thanks a lot, dude. Stripper
0: sticker. I absolutely love it. So but I just want to ask really quick before we go move for on. It. So, you know, the MVP conversation is going to come up between one of these two guys, Booker and Chris Paul. I just feel like when you have this kind of game and you know, I'm not even going to look at Booker's stats again. I think he was very efficient from what I watched on the court. You still go to Chris Paul, right? As the guy to help us lead and win these games. So he would yes. be the MVP of the Suns. I know the stats aren't really there, but I just wanted to say like, I think he's I God bless book, dude, superstar, my favorite player. I'm one of my favorite players, but I just think Chris Paul is just really, he's the guy you go to for MVP.
1: Exactly. And Devin Booker is yeah. going to learn how to be the MVP from watching this guy and how he operates and how to be efficient and all those little micro things. But Chris Paul is the MB is the MVP of this league. He's the big yes, dick book sure. of this team. So, uh, and a, a couple other notes I just want to throw out there because I don't like the jazz. Um, I tweeted <laughs> it out and I completely stand by this statement. Uh, donovan mitchell spends more time on the floor than pine Saul does he just hangs he, every shot he ends up on the floor and rudy gobert what a bitch this guy act like he got shot in the back of the head like jfk like it was november 1963 oh, and then like once he realized the call wasn't going his way he got up the medical <laughs> trainer was like no uh, i got a concussion protocol man you nearly died out there and then he should have got a fucking technical foul at the end of the game for that contact bullshit Taking his time, standing there like he's clearly trying to ice the player. How yeah. do you not tee him up in that situation?
0: He should be My, out.
1: He should be, at least, technical. At least give us another free throw for that. Cause like that's, that's not fair. That's, you know, a, that's delay a game shit, you yeah. know? So,
0: but you can't I, ice Chris Paul. You James think.
1: Smith in the chat for not blaming Aiden tomorrow if there's a loss. James, oh. <laughs> if you're new to the podcast, we almost tomorrow. never, we almost never blame DeAndre Aiden. But let's, let's go ahead and talk about the next. Well, let's, let, let's finish. Kind of the jazz Mm -hmm. off. Again, let's put this one in a bow. We're now 36 and 14 as a team. in through 50 games, we've won 36 of them. Like, freaking A, what a year this is, man. This is fun. Um, But if you look at our guess what?
0: Guess what? what?
1: This is where we talk about different things prior to the game. And we're about to do that about the Clippers. Uh, We said over under eight missed threes from Donovan Mitchell. What did you say in this one?
0: I said under. You said over, right?
1: Yeah. And do you know how many he had? He had eight. He had eight. He had eight. three. So we were both right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We both won. (laughs) We both won. And then we said, who wins? Suns or Jazz? And we both said the Suns in this one. So that brings our regular season standings. I'm 22 and 12. You're 25 and nine. And now we turn our heads. We celebrate. Yes, I burped because I'm drinking plenty of course Banquet beers. But now we turn our, our heads to tomorrow. <laughs> we go like this. Turn oh, our heads shit. and cough. There's a <laughs> Turn your heads <laughs> and cough. Because now Kawhi Leonard and Pete, Leo and Geo are on our dick. What Ooh, do you think about tomorrow, yeah. man? Jeez. What do you think about tomorrow?
0: You know, I, uh, I was more scared of the Suns playing the Utah Jazz just because of the matchups. And I think Utah is just that team disrespected this year. Even with the best record, they want to prove that they're the best team against Phoenix. That's the scary part for me the clippers is just like they are a strange team of course it goes back to last year to where it's like what are you gonna get they're the team that will start a game just like lollygagging around they won't play as hard and then they try to catch up and it's too late most of the time i mean they still have a great record in the nba but you see that a lot from them i don't trust them i never have i just the two guys they have as leaders i mean one of them makes excuses all the time. um, Leonard just doesn't say anything, but he's a still a good player, but maybe on the decline, who knows, for injuries. But I just, I think that this is something that this is a team where the Suns can really take on and they can get out to a really good lead this game. And of course, it's just fighting them off. And I am I was just more scared of Utah. This game against the Clippers, I, I just don't think it's going to be as much of a competition as tonight was for the Suns. I just think that they're a team in the playoffs I would rather see than Utah. So I mean, that's what I think of the Clippers. So <laughs> it's, inter- it's it.
1: interesting because I'm kind of in the opposite camp. I was more, mm. I'm more worried when we looked at this two game stretch on the schedule, knowing that the next game, I don't even know who the next game is after the Clippers.
0: Oh, it's uh it's a, another crappy team.
1: Yeah. I have the schedule up now. Uh, it's the, it's the wizards and the rockets and the heat. And the, you know, we go on this run of about four or five more winnable games. Mm. Uh, A couple of the things I didn't bring up relative to the jazz one. We've now won seven in a row for the first time this season. So fuck. Yeah. And we also have beat the jazz in the series this year. We play them three times. We've played them twice already. We've won both games. Uh, The Clippers are a team that we lost by five points to on January 3rd. And it was a team. If you were, or it's a game. If you recall that the Suns were getting absolutely blown out, they were down 37 to 24 after the first quarter and ultimately came back and only lost by five. So it was really good, if you remember early in the season, it was a good gut-check game. You're like, oh, shit, they got punched in the mouth. Oh, they have some resiliency. They're coming back. Uh, Boogie Trent says it, you know, the 30-point the comeback in that game. I mean, they were getting mm-hmm. killed. So, But they're a team that, due to their firepower and the way that they play defense... They're a team very similar to the Suns and they have really solid wing defense with Leo and Geo, with you know, uh, that's my nickname for Paul George, Gio, and, and uh Kawhi Leonard, Leo, Leo and Gio. The way that they play, I know, it never's caught on. I've tried it for like a year and a half on the podcast. Now, no one's like, oh dude, talking. Leo and Gio. Yeah, you're talking about the Clippers. Yeah, since the Suns uh,
0: report, Solar report.
1: But I, I really think that the way that they play defense disrupts the way that the Suns execute so I'm interested to see knowing that they are also coming off a very intense game that went to overtime and your two stars logged a total of 41 or I'm sorry uh, 44 minutes for Devin Booker and 43 for Chris Paul and 41 for DeAndre Drayton mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. if they lose tomorrow night will I be upset of course I'm a Suns fan I don't like to lose will I understand a little bit and and be upset not necessarily as much I'm really interested to see what the Jazz do tomorrow night because they also have a game uh, and it's nice being only a game and a half out of first place. So it's going to be interesting going against that game. The primary matchup, I think that knowing that Devin or uh, Mikhail Bridges didn't get a lot of playing time tonight, knowing that he's going to end up on Kawhi Leonard, he's going to be a little well-rested, well and he's probably going to have a little chip on his shoulder considering he didn't play too well tonight. Right, Matthew?
0: Yeah, <clears throat> we'll see if he switches between uh, Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard. I would like to see him maybe play Paul George a little bit more just because gonna put up his points. Yeah, he's going to put up his points. He's going to do what he does. Paul George, I think, is a guy that you need to stop. I mean, Paul George is still clutch. No matter what I just said, how the Clippers play, whatever, these guys are still clutch. Paul George is one of the clutchest guys, I think, in the NBA. This season, during the season, I'm not talking about playoff P. I'm talking about during the season. So you got to look out for that. But it's funny, this game, because right now I'm kind of thinking like the Suns are on the other side, or they're, of course, better record. But they're feeling the best about themselves. Like, do the Clippers know what they feel about themselves? Uh, they keep making excuses. So it's like uh, the Suns, a team now where other teams are looking at them like, that's the best team in the league. They have to be right. I mean, we're over, we're up there in the power rankings, of course. But mm-hmm. with this win against Utah, it's just like, okay, Dang. we're going to this game, and now we might be a little fearful. So it's turning. It's it's turning. It hasn't really all season, but now it's starting to turn.
1: It really is, and you're right. Other teams are looking at and go, oh, Phoenix is a team. We're sitting here as the Los Angeles Clippers and know that they are a good team, okay? They have a current record of 34-18 and while they're trying to figure themselves out and all that fun shit, whereas we've had to play really good team basketball to pull some wins out. But they're kind of having an identity crisis because it's too much of kind of pointing at each other. Uh, Serge Ibaka might not play. He's day-to-day right now. I know he didn't play in the last game, and I think no surge obviously helps the Suns. Considering their depth, uh, anytime you have to go up, uh, go up against any of the Morris brothers, I can't stand those guys. Um, Nicholas Batum is kind of an annoying guy, but it's Vodka Zubak mm-hmm. is the guy who you know DeAndre Ayton is going to have to match up well against. But you're right, from a narrative standpoint, knowing that the Suns are one of the better teams in the NBA. Do they strike the fear into the Clippers a little bit? Maybe. I and maybe. I didn't even answer
0: your primary matchup thing, dude. <laughs> no, that's I'm fine. Sorry. It's For me, it's just Aiden versus whoever the hell. It, the more consistent Aiden we have against big men, that's the matchup I'm always watching every night. Just those, him going against whoever.
1: So who wins, Matthew? Suns or Clippers? Suns. For sure. Yeah I, I got to go with Suns too man. I mean they're 7 and 0 in their last 7 games. Uh they're just they're playing unreal right now. Unreal basketball. They can beat you in so many different ways. Yeah, the Clippers are a tough team and if they if the Suns lose I will not be surprised. But at the same yeah. time like how can you go against this team right now?
0: Exactly, man.
1: real quick (laughs) real quick uh cameron nia is in the chat and uh, asked the question sun's jam session what are your thoughts about javon taking langston's minutes and do you see that in the playoff cameron i know that you're a new watcher so make sure you subscribe rate and review because we talk about this all the time but matthew you want to give us kind of a rundown on what you see there
0: yeah good question it'll probably be the same answer for this always it's just like it's interchangeable you're gonna get you're gonna get langston galloway coming back for the playoffs I just I don't know. You're going to get either one of those guys. Right now, Javon is like I think he's a good backup player in the playoffs. Defensively, you need him. And Galloway, you need him too as too as well. There it is. It's been a couple pods, but I said it. Um <laughs> I just think that you need both of them. And what I love is it doesn't matter to me. I just I can care less which one of these guys comes in cuz they're going to perform and that's all I'm worried about and that's all the Suns coaching staff and the other players on the core are worried about. They know these guys are going to give them great minutes, either one of them.
1: Well, and again, I think that when you're going against a team like the Utah Jazz, Javon Carter's a good matchup because you need to have solid defense, and that's what he brings. And the the reminder of the game that we watched tonight was two of the better defensive teams. They were both top five defensive teams and it felt like it in this game. And it was fun to watch because of that. And it was funny how even when these teams got open, they were missing shots. So it even, it helps those numbers, but relative to Cameron's question, Javon Carter is your defensive backup two guard, essentially. He's not a he's not a point guard anymore. Campaign's taking those minutes. And again, kudos to campaign tonight, man. I mean, campaign had another great game. Yes. I can We do this all the time.
0: We always forget these guys that are just yeah. still killing it for the Suns.
1: I just, I'm so impressed by the way that he plays. Uh, I mean, he's he's a little fire starter uh on offense and defense, but Javon Carter's a guy who can, he's pesky. He's gonna make the the opposition work. And what I liked tonight was when he was in, he was making Donovan Mitchell work and making Mike Connolly work. And one thing I noticed is a lot of times Donovan Mitchell can hide on defense because he's guarding Mikhail Bridges or Cameron Johnson. And so you have to make him work you know, when he's on offense yeah. and defense and Javon Carter, when he was trying to, Javon, he, there was like four or five plays where he was guarding Javon Carter and Javon Carter was just running around trying to get through screens. And you can see Donovan Mitchell's like, fuck this, man. I don't play defense. Like that's not what I do. Devin Booker plays defense. Now he hustles he on defense, but I like Javon Carter coming in and just adding a little more spice of defensive intensity. Cause that's, that's the identity of this team is we are a clutch team. We are a slow paced team that likes to mull you to death almost with CP three, then boom, then we're going to hit you with some offense and then we're going to defend you. And that's the funnest part about this Phoenix suns team is we play defense. So why is Javon Carter taking Langston's minutes right now? Because Monty Williams wants to see how that looks. And he knows what Langston looks like. Cause he, he played him for about 15, 16 games. Now it's Javon's turn and he's going to see how it looks relative to different competition. And when it comes to playoff time, he's going to tighten those rotations based on who they're playing against and then go from there.
0: Yeah, exactly. And just really quick too. One guy that, excuse me.
1: Oh, try to to
0: end strong. I just, I failed. Uh, Nathaniel Darius actually brought up just really quick. Craig, Mm -hmm. we didn't really talk about him too, but we're talking about trust with players that Monty trusts. And this is one guy, you know, for sure. Craig campaign. He, he is trusting him like game in game out. He's getting minutes. He's taking big shots. He's a confident player, whatever he's doing on the court, defensively still there offensively. He can hit a couple big shots. But he just, he's just—he's a smart player too. You want him out there in crucial situations, just like tonight. So with that rotation, I really think that Craig is going to be like one of the solid, solid guys to come off the bench for the Suns.
1: Yeah, he's definitely going to be someone who's going to be in those rotations mm-hmm. for the rest of the season, and we'll see how it comes come playoff time. But big rebounds, and 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 as Nathaniel Darius said in the chat, there quality fouls. He really put some fouls on when they needed to happen to prevent the opposition from having an opportunity to win tonight. So I think on that note, we're nearing in the hour mark, which means it's time's up. We're done here. Uh, Let's party. Let's party, Suns fans. Uh, You know, real quick, here's a reminder. If you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network to subscribe, rate, review. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give us one of those five-star reviews. And if you leave a review, we'll leave it. We'll read it. We'll read it right here on the podcast. <laughs> These beers are starting to hit a little bit. You know what I'm Woo. saying? Uh, you can follow me at Darth Voiding. You can follow Matthew. I'm Matthew see And you can follow us at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and the Phoenix Fans app. And, again, if you are watching along live with us, thank you so much for hanging out after this Suns victory. Go ahead, hit the subscribe button, hit that thumbs up button, hit the little bell it will notify you when we go live, which is after every Suns game, which means we will be here Tomorrow night, same bat time, same bat channel, talking about another Suns victory as we play the Los Angeles Clippers tomorrow. On that note, I'm done. Thank you to everybody once again in the chat for hanging out with us. Uh, Suns Dog says it's sober up tomorrow, John.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hungover John, sober John, you'll never know the difference. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but uh, if anybody wants a car of one of those stickers for the back of your car, you know, to mosey around town with, Reach out to us, DM DM us if you want to support it. Who knows what you what you're into, but who cares? I love you guys so much, and everyone go home and love your family.
1: See you tomorrow, Suns fans.